Amen. Uh, what, what a great job this uh, college group did. Uh, 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 or, or I guess, well, some of them are college, some of them are not. Uh, I never did get uh, Collins. What's your sister's name? Harley. 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 I knew it was some motorcycle. I couldn't remember <laughs> which one it was. Amen. <laughs> what a great job. I, I, I told the earlier service, I want you to encourage these young guys and ladies who are singing in college and all. Because I want to tell you, if you've been around very long, most of their beginnings are going to be in these one-horse churches as mean as a snake, and they're going to get whipped down plenty. And what you need to do when they're here is encourage them and lift them up. I thank God for our college guys and uh, man, all over. Thank you. Turn, turn, if you would, to the book of Luke. Luke uh, chapter 2 this morning. Welcome each one of you and welcome those who are listening by Facebook this morning and, and on our website. Thank you for being a part of this service. Uh, man, it's just, it's been a great moment. How many of you have not yet seen uh, the uh, two from Galilee? Who has not? Listen, whatever you got to do, rob a bank or whatever to get 10 bucks, uh, you need to come. Now, you, I think supper's already full. It, it is. So you can't come supper. If you want to come through the back door, we've got extra back there in the back. But I'm joking with you. I'm joking. We don't. Uh, but uh, I, I've, uh, uh, but the, the drama is only $5. I want to tell you, it, it'll blow your mind. I've been to Broadway several times. You won't find anything on Broadway better than what you're going to see right here. It is tremendous, tremendous. And so do not miss it. Tonight's the last night. And uh, if, if, just don't miss it. It's going to be good. Mark, uh, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Would you stand please in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Bible says, Luke 2 verse 8, There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold... I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Father, thank you today how we've been blessed in this music, how we've been blessed this whole week. Lord, how we've been blessed since you came to be born in a manger. You have blessed us over and over again. Now, I pray today, Lord Jesus, that you would cleanse my sin and that, Lord, you would take the, the, the stuff out of my life, empty my life, and fill me with the Holy Spirit of God, that what is said would honor and glorify you. And then, Lord, I pray today this would be a different day than normal. God, so many times, uh, Lord, we sent your spirit in this place. We do right now. And yet, Lord, somehow at the invitation, it seems like the devil always seems to win out on some. 
I pray today you'd bind him from this place. Uh, you're the one who can do that. And Lord, just let heaven fall right here amongst us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I, uh, I love Christmas. I love this time of the year. Uh, I know it's not about the decorations, but I love the decorations. I think they're beautiful. I know it's not about the lights, but I love lights. I wish this thing could be twice as bright as it is right now. Uh, so all of y'all would be able to see. Uh, I love lit up things and decorated things. It's not about presents, uh, but I love getting presents. I got a pound of chocolate-covered pecans all the way from uh, Georgia this morning. Hallelujah. They'll be gone. I shouldn't have said anything because my wife's going to sit right there and take that away from me. But, I, man, I love getting presents. I love giving presents. But let me tell you, it's not all about presents either. I, I love the sales. I love to get a good bargain. Amen? How many of you have bought a Christmas? You don't have a Christmas tree yet. <laughs> Could I? Thank you. Thank you. There, you don't have one? You come Monday and you get a free one right there, Janice. All right. Good deal. One free. Anybody else don't have a tree? Let me tell you, starting Monday, they're $25 each any pick you want because some of you have been waiting I know you I know you tight watch you've been waiting until we put those things on sale now there's two options you got I'd love for you to go get one and carry it to a neighbor as a as an outreach I'd love for you to do that but if you have a pond <laughs> could I tell you these trees have been prayed over and they've been anointed They'll grow catfish and bass that long. <laughs> so you need three or four of them for your pond, amen? I don't care what you do with them. You can put them in your truck and drive around with a Confederate flag on it. Don't make me different. Or an American flag or a Texas flag. I don't care. But get rid of them trees over there, all right? I, I like the good, the good deals at Christmas. And you know what I've noticed? Uh, I've noticed, Shirley that grumpy people even get nicer at Christmas. <laughs> Have y'all noticed that? People who are always, you know, grumpy and all, they get nicer at Christmas. It just comes out of them. You say, no, you don't. <laughs> don't you lean on her right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. In two weeks, it's going to all be over. And we're going to think, what in the world happened to 2022? Man. It just seems like yesterday we were starting 2022 and now we're about to engage on 2023 Wow Christmas I talked with a guy yesterday and he said well I don't celebrate Christmas I was pushing the trees <laughs> he was at a funeral and I said hey right out there man he said I don't celebrate Christmas I said really no no he said uh, you know Jesus wasn't born on December the 25th. And I said, no, I don't know that he wasn't. And I don't know that he was. But I said, we, uh, we celebrate that day in remembrance of him. It's a symbolism. We're not, nobody. And, and, and then he said, well, you know it's a pagan holiday. And I said, I know for a lot of pagans it is. But I said, for those of us who've been washed into blood, it ain't nothing pagan about that Christmas day. Hallelujah. That's the greatest day there is. 
Then me and a pastor got in a fight last night on the internet, and he, uh, he said that to have a tree or to have a picture of Jesus or to have a, a manger scene it was an abomination to God. You're worshiping God. You're not to build any graven image. I said, you're not reading the whole scripture. You're not, you're not to build any graven image to worship. I've been in ministry 50 plus years. I've never seen anybody fall down at a wooden manger scene and start worshiping it. Now, there may be some of you that do. If you do, you're wrong. But we don't worship that. We worship Jesus and only Jesus. Then this last week, man, you just hear it. It's just coming like bombs. Pastor uh, shares a, a note with another pastor that he had spoken at a convention and said the virgin birth wasn't any big deal. Listen, if the virgin birth is not a virgin birth, every one of y'all are going to hell. And me too. Because the virgin birth, the blood comes from the father, and if the blood came from an earthly father, that would have sin in it, and his life could not atone for me and your sin. The virgin birth is step one. It is very important. If you find somebody that doesn't believe that, just go ahead. Don't say bye or anything. Just slip out. <laughs> Every man born of a human father has a sin nature. John said it like this. In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him nothing was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. If you look at Matthew, you'll find three magi, three kings. Now, they're probably not like the kings that we saw around here. <laughs> I don't want to bust y'all's bubble. But uh, those were good kings. I'm not knocking them. I'm sure that they love the Lord, I think. Uh, but these magi were following a star. They were following the light so that they could get to Jesus for one purpose. And that was to bring him gifts, but that wasn't really even the purpose. The purpose was to worship him because he was the Messiah. Uh, if you've been saved, you've been lit up. God put the light in you. You're not in darkness anymore. 1 John 5 tells us that this is the message that we've heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with uh, him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not tell the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ covers and cleanses us from all sin. Matthew says it like this, you're the light of the world, a city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. In Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The darker the night, the brighter the light. I mean, when it's dark, dark, when, when everything's out in this building here, you talk about dark. It's dark. No windows, no light, nothing. It's dark. Now, what happens today? Everybody's looking for good news. 
I mean, did anybody get up this morning and say, I sure am. I'm on my way to the TV. I can't wait to see what the bad news is today. It's the Lobos, 17 to 14. Mm. But you see, the problem is, when you're looking for good news, it benefits some, but it's bad news to others. For example, politically, if the Democrats say, this is good news. I guarantee the Republicans are saying this is bad news. If the medical world, if the doctor is telling this patient this is good, it may be bad for that patient. You know, the doctors put me on a high protein, high carbohydrate, everything you want to eat diet. Now that'd be bad for some of y'all. Good. And you got the bad. If you're in the financial world, what's good news for one group may be bad news for the other group. Some of you older folk who've been sitting here, you've been holding CDs and getting half percent interest on them. But because us younger folk are trying to pay for gas with 8, 9, 10% inflation, that's bad news for us, but your CDs are going up. Don't look at me like that. I know you got CDs. I know they're going up. You think about the legal world. If the plaintiff has good news, that means the defendant has bad news. If the defendant has good news, that means the plaintiff has bad news. But when you look at Jesus, verse 10 says, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Listen, it doesn't matter what happened in that manger, in that little cave there, a barn, stockyard, whatever you want to call it, in that little town 2,000 plus years ago, it's good for everybody. It's good for Democrats. It's good for Republicans. It's good for white. It's good for black. It's good for rich. It's good for poor. It's good for smart folk and for uneducated folk. It's good for free folks. It's good for folks in jail. It's good for folks who speak English and those who speak Spanish. It's good for those who speak French and those who speak Swahili. It's good for those who speak Ebonics and those who speak Pig Latin. It's good for everybody. You're in this place today and you've been blessed by the good news of Jesus Christ. I heard about that young woman lived on a large ranch in Texas and she fell in love with this cowboy. And this cowboy, you know, they're good people. Cowboys are good people. But he's very shy, very humble. He didn't say just but a few words. And she wanted to marry him and she thought, you know, I've got to help him along. So one night, they were sitting out on the front porch, and she said, Oh, Tex, do you think my eyes are like glittering stars? And he said, Yep. <laughs> she said, Do you think my teeth are like a beautiful string of pearls? Yep. You think my complexion is gorgeous like rose petals? Yep. Do you think my hair shines like gold in the moonlight? Yep. She exclaimed, oh, Tex, you do say the most wonderful things. <laughs> Christmas says some wonderful things to us today. Let me hurry on and, and, and get it. And another example is George Frederick Handel. 
uh, he was destitute, he was broke, he didn't have any friends, he was empty, he was lonely, he was frustrated, and then he got saved. Man, he hadn't done any composing in years. He got saved, and, and, and that creativity that had gone suddenly was back. And that joy of living was back. And the friends were back. And the fullness of the joy was back. And he went home that day and penned probably one of those precious pieces of music we have called the Messiah. Because Jesus will change your life. Don't, don't come up telling us now that, well, I've been saved and the Lord sure been good. But you still living like you haven't been saved? Do, do a little examination. Let me, let me give you three points. I'm through. Number one, Christmas gives us peace within. Peace within. You remember that original hit movie, Home Alone? <laughs> Kevin is in there. Of course, he misses the plane, you know, and they're having a lot of fun. It's a hilarious movie. And, uh, but on Christmas Eve, he gets kind of lonely. And he goes into a church. And there's an old man he's been scared of for all of his life. But they, they, they kind of connect together, shake hands. And Kevin's giving him the whole line. He said, you know, I've mistreated my family. I've done a lot of things wrong, and I really miss them. He said, I, I've not done right, and I really miss them. And the old man said, well, son, you're in the right place for people who've done things wrong, the church. I thought, wow, what a spiritual gem. Listen to me this morning. You don't need to go down when you're lonely and frustrated and you've been a child of God and you've lost some battles and you're just frustrated. There's no need for you to go down to the bar and get drunk. You're going to feel worse tomorrow than you did today. There's no need for you to run down Highway 80 and look for somebody to get in the car with you. There's no need for you to... Go and, and get some more drugs. There's no need for that. When you're lonely, when you need comfort, when you need forgiveness, when you need to make a new start, when you've got a troubled soul, you ought to be in the house of God. These are the people that are going to encourage you and lift you up. Because of Christmas, we can receive forgiveness for ourselves. Now, not everybody's going to do that. And not everybody's going to let you do that. There are going to be some people I try to think of a nice term other than smart aleck. But there, there are going to be some people, and they know what you've done 20 years ago. And when you try to get up and serve God, they're going to mumble. Well, you know, don't be any doing that. I remember what happened to him 20 years ago. Well, you do know Jesus can change lives. And I want to tell you something. The hardest thing we do in forgiveness is forgiving ourselves. But if the Lord has washed your sins away and you've been covered and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, you are free. And don't let anybody tell you any different. Our conscience can do one of two things. It can be our ruler or it can be our guide. It can be helpful to us or it can be hurtful to us. And it's psychological and, and uh, mental and relationship. Uh, and I'm not telling you, listen to me, I'm not telling you it's easy to get over this stuff. People who've been abused and, 
and, and have life that we don't know anything about. It's not easy getting over it. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you will come to Jesus, and maybe through counseling and maybe through the Word of God and to know you're saved, you can get over it. You believe it or not, but I'm just telling you, you can. We got to forgive ourselves for doing ourselves wrong. I've had people tell me before, preacher, I just smoked too long. Smoked too long. Well, you may have, and, and that's what you've done to yourself. But hey, what about the rest of your days on life? Why don't you make them count for Jesus? I loved the, the, the funeral yesterday for Mr. Eddie, Tabitha's dad. People got up and gave testimonies, and over and over again, it was the same thing. Man, this man was ready to die. He was ready to meet God. He was ready to go. And then even in the hospital, he'd ask the nurses, and they'd ask him, Man, I've never seen anybody ready to go, ready to die like that. He said, you know why I'm ready to die? Because I know where I'm going. I mean, to be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. Now, I, there are things I don't want to leave here on this earth. I don't want to leave my wife. I prayed that maybe God would take us while she's driving or something sometime and just <laughs> take us on to glory. Amen. <laughs> no. It would be great to go together, though, wouldn't it? Mm. Man, have mercy. Mm. You can forgive yourself. Secondly, is you can forgive the wrong you've done to others. Not a one of us in this place that haven't done something wrong to somebody else. Not a one of us. Now listen to me, because I've been kind of hitting this kind of hard lately, and I want you to understand something. If you've got someone that you're at odds with, and you've heard me say, we're Christians, we've got to take our stand, we ought to love people, and I agree with all that, but listen to me. If you've got someone you're at odds with, whether it be your children or whether it be a friend or anybody else, family, anything, and you've done what God told you to do, to repent, to apologize, to make things right, to do everything you can to reconcile them, and they don't want to be reconciled, you are free. Now listen to me. You're free. You can't make anybody come back. All you can do is pray. You make sure you're not the stumbling block of the reconciliation. But when you've done everything you can to reconcile, you don't have anything to be guilty about. You've done what God asked you to do. And the rest of it's in God's hands. Let me give you this third area. It's an area that we've done wrong with God. Maybe before we were saved. Some of you have been saved uh, since you were 8, 9, 10 years old. And the things you've done after that, you've kind of wondered, man, could a saved person do that? A saved person has the same two fights going on inside them that a lost person does. We've got the nature of God, but we've also got that old sinful nature that's still there. Wouldn't it have been nice if we got our new nature that, that God just said, well, we're going to wipe that old nature out. And one day he is. Yeah, one day he is. Augustine put it like this, our souls are restless, O Lord, till they find rest in thee. 
Now here's what I want you to understand. I didn't say this, but someone has said, though Christ a thousand times in Bethlehem was born, if he's not born in you, you're still lost. We can sit here and celebrate Christmas and act like everybody's saved if we want to. But I'm telling you, had Christ been born a thousand times and everybody was saved, but you never came to Christ, you're still lost. I saw about the little boy that had made a tray for his mama. It was a Mother's Day present. He could do Christmas too. Thank God for our workers over here who are doing crafts with our kids and all. And they'll bring you Christmas cards and they'll bring you different things. And this little boy had made a tray for his mother for Mother's Day. And as he was running down the hall after Sunday school, he tripped and fell. And that tray just split apart. He went wild. He just cried. Nobody could console him. Everybody tried to say, hey, you can get your mother a different present. You can maybe still got time to make another one. And he just continually just sobbed and cried until the mother got there. The mother saw what had happened. And she knelt down beside the little boy, put her arm around him, and said, babe, let's gather up the pieces. I think this is fixable. We'll go home and fix it. Isn't that what Jesus did to you? I mean, when you were flat on your face and it didn't look like there's no way you would get out of this, the Lord reached down and said, Son, I think this is fixable. Let's gather up the pieces and let's go on home and make it right. That's what Jesus does on Christmas. Second thing, Christmas gives us a peace not only within ourselves, but Christmas gives us a peace with others, with others, with, with each other. It is sad. We, we sometimes demand our pound of flesh. Uh, we seethe over the grievances. We, we like to waller in our self-pity and, and shackle our pride and all that. Tony Campalo, he's a great speaker. He's, his theology is not as good as it ought to be, but he's a good guy. He said this. He speaks to a lot of college campuses. And he said, when I go in there, most of those folks don't know anything about Jesus. Can you imagine that? Our kids growing up and being in college and don't know anything about Jesus. But he said, when somebody does say, yeah, I know about Jesus, almost universally, he said, they'll come back with this. He'll say, what do you know about Jesus? And they'll say, forgiveness, your enemies. Forgive your enemies. That's what they know about Jesus. Forgive your enemies. You see, forgiveness will break the cycle of blame and pain. I tell people I think one of the best ways is I counsel people is write them a letter. And they'll say, well, they won't read it. They don't, they don't ever read my letter. You don't know they don't read your letters? Most people who are living in sin are still curious. They may not read it in front of you, but they're going to open that letter and read it. And, and some, some of you in here probably I may be talking to, you brought me a letter and said, is this what you were talking about? And I said, absolutely not. When you start that first sentence, was, I want you to know I forgive you for what you've done. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about coming to the place where you forgive you say, well, they didn't do anything to me. It doesn't matter whether they did anything or not. 
You just want them to know you're, you're, you want them to know that they're forgiven and I want you to be reconciled to Christ and reconciled to me. And that gives them an opportunity to be reconciled. A uh, cruel word is almost like a, like a, a echo. You send it out, it echoes and comes back to you. Years ago, Hank Aaron was trying to check into a hotel and the guy at the desk said, uh, we don't have any rooms. And uh, the manager knew who it was. And he ran over there real quick. Do you know who this man is? This is Hank Aaron, the home run king. Oh, well, uh, we got rooms for somebody like Hank Aaron. And so they gave him a room. And Hank Aaron looked at that guy in the in the hotel, and he said, "Let me tell you something. Everybody is somebody. Everybody's somebody. You may not think you're doing very much, but if you're serving in the kingdom of God, you're somebody important. Nobody can do what you're doing. Nobody can do. Let me give you the last thing I'm through. Christmas gives us peace from within." Christmas gives us peace with others, and Christmas gives us peace with God. The most important thing, the Christmas story, the Christmas message, because it's forgiveness from God. That's when the greatest peace is given, when he forgives us. Uh, Stephen Brown, a pastor, said, I used to think there were two kinds of people, good people and bad people. The good people were these. They went to church on Sunday. They paid their bills. Uh, that you could trust them and all, and, and uh, those were the good people. He said, on the other side, the bad people, those that don't go to church and don't pay their bills and don't trust each other. And, and he said, for a long time, I thought two kinds of people in the world, but he said, after pastoring a while, I realized there were just two kinds of people in the world, both of them bad. The bad people who come to church and pay their bills and are trusted, and the bad people who don't come to church and pay their bills and are trusted. We're all in this same thing. Becky and I have a good friend. His wife's passed away now, but he came to our church uh, and had long hair and, and rode a motorcycle and had tattoos. He was actually a, a, an executive uh, uh, director of Lone Star Gas, uh, or, or Intex, I guess it was. Uh, and and uh, he was saved. And, he told me, he said, people in your church don't want people like me in your church. I said, well, if you find out who said they don't, I'd love to know who it is because we want people like you in the church. You just got saved, man. He said, yeah, but look at me. I said, no matter. You come. And he came. About two weeks later, he got me aside, and he said, you remember when I told you that I wasn't good enough to come to your church and people were not going to respect me? He said, after I've been in your church two weeks, I think I'm as good as anybody in this church. <laughs> huh? Hey, Jesus gives us peace when he saved us. Jeremiah 17, 19, the heart is deceitful above all things. And Paul said, there is no one righteous. No, not one. Not one good person in all of the world. A.J. Cronin was a doctor. He started out as a young doctor and idealistic, like a lot of young men start out. They want to help others. They, they want to be a blessing. They, they just want to, uh, but, but over time, you get a little hardened and you get a little more hardened and you get a little more hardened. 
more difficult. And then he began to drink a little bit. And then he began to do this and that. And he became selfish. And then he shrunk within himself. And his wife died. And, and, and I want to just tell you this, guys. Listen to me. When you find someone that has just dropped out of church and they blame the preacher, about eight out of ten times, that's a lie. They blame the music. I don't like the choruses. I don't like the hymn. That eight out of ten times, that's a lie. I don't like my Sunday school teacher. We've got 35 of them here. Uh, but, but you don't like one, so you're going to drop out. Most of the time, that's all just a facade. Most of the time, they've slipped into sin little by little. And they don't want to be in a house of God. Do, do you think the devil is concerned about Woodland Hills or is he concerned about some big liberal church somewhere that's already said the Bible's not even true? Listen, he's already got that church. He wants to tear up churches like this right here. He wants to tear up churches just like Moberly, just like Macedonia. Th those churches stand on the Word of God. The devil would love to tear them up. He would love to deceive people. Dr. Cronin shrunk within himself his wife died and he was going through her pocketbook and he went through it and he found out that she kept some letters of some people that he had helped in his lifetime and they were talking thanking him for what he had done and she had a picture of him as a young man that she kept and he went to the mirror and looked in the mirror and he said this he said you thought you'd get away with it but you didn't it caught you I want to tell you, sin has a deadening effect on us that if we don't deal with it and confess it and get it in the open, it will end up deadening us. And then we don't want to be around people that's light. We don't want to be around, man, you, mm-mm. I'd rather be off somebody with somebody talking about bad things, ugly things, and all that stuff. I don't want to be around people that's shining the light. The hymn writer put it like this, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Then he goes on to say, Born that we no more may die. Born to raise us above the storms of earth. Anybody had a storm lately hit you? Anybody have troubles in life? He's born to give us. And then I'll finish the song with my own. He's born to give us peace for within. He's born to give us peace with others. And he's born to give us peace with God. And though we were over on this side, no possible way to cross that divide and get to heaven. Jesus came and made it possible. And folks, that's what Christmas is all about. It's all about Jesus. I pray that we'll make it even more so. Father, would you just bless the time we have? I pray for this invitation. Souls that need to be saved, God, may this be their day of salvation. People that just need to come back and, and Lord, say, I... I've done some wrong things. I want to repent of it and, and be cleansed of it. And then I want to get up and walk with God. I want to be a soldier of the Lord. Lord, make this Christmas special to us. We'll praise you and thank you in the name above every name. The precious name of Jesus.
Amen.